Welcome to A New Kind of PD, a teaching channel's podcast where we tackle challenges in education and provide ways to inspire and engage in meaningful professional development. I'm Erica Snyder, Engagement Coordinator for Teaching Channel. This week, we'll be re-airing an episode that was originally published on our Big Tent blog back in June. The link to that post can be found in the episode description. Since most of our subscribed listeners might have missed this great content featuring Marguerite Izzo and Rose Ricca of the Malvern School District in Malvern, New York, we're adding it to our feed. This week's host is Teaches Catherine White Jimenez, and she will be discussing grassroots PD implementation in Malvern with our guests. Thanks for being here. Class is now in session. All right. Thank you, Marguerite and Rose, for joining us today from Malvern, New York. Uh, we're really excited to have these folks presenting for us today about what we've titled the grassroots implementation. Um, they've had a lot of success in using teams in their schools and having teacher buy-in. Um, so we're just curious to learn a little bit more about how they went about planning for this implementation, kind of continuous follow-up and support. Um, and so before we launch into their puzzle, I'll just give them an opportunity to introduce themselves and tell you a little bit about who they are. My name is Rose Ricca. I'm the assistant superintendent here in the Malvern School District, as well as the math chairperson and as well as the science chairperson in the school district. Okay, um, I have been in the school district for 29 years, and um, I know Marguerite for as long as she's been here. And you know, she comes to me with these ideas, and we try to run with it. So, Marguerite. Hi everybody, I'm Marguerite Izzo. I'm the 2007 New York State Teacher of the Year and National Teacher Hall of Fame inductee in 2014. But my real claim to fame is the work I do in fifth grade in ELA. I'm currently a full-time classroom teacher. I'm an adjunct teaching education courses at night and I am a director of the Teacher Center, which is a state-funded program where we provide the professional development within the district that the teachers have indicated that they need. Great. Thank you, too, so much for being here today. And what we're really going to hear from this group is around their puzzle, which is how do we get teachers bought into learning through video? Uh, we all have kind of shared that this can be a vulnerable experience, something that can create a little bit of uneasiness, which makes sense. Um, so really interested to hear about how they've gone through their uh, planning and implementation. So the, the um, purpose is just hearing, again, the cultivation and sort of how they've supported teachers, specifically in teams, and using video for professional learning. And the process we're going to use is something that's um, I'm, I'm a big fan of, and uh, both Marguerite and Rose are familiar with the Terry Gross style, which is really a uh, inquiry, kind of inquisitive way of interviewing someone and just hearing a little bit from their perspective. So we get a little story behind um, the work that they've done. So we'll spend some time on purpose, which we believe helps really focus one when approaching this work, their process in terms of the logistics and regular connections with folks, and then community. How did they build that uh, trust among colleagues and real buy-in around using this type of work. So I'll just go ahead and start, um, and both of you can answer and let me know if um, you have further information to share or want to ask anything else. Um, the first question is, what was your intention in using Teams? Did you have a specific problem of practice or approach that you wanted to apply? Okay. Well. Um, this is Rose, and I'm going to be answering questions based upon the district level. So, in, 
with regard to the district, our purpose was we wanted to provide professional development that was consistent and was continuous. Um, we had a lot of new teachers that were coming in. We had new programs that we were impl implementing. And we had teachers that were veterans here, but they were going to be new to the grade. So we were looking for some kind of means of professional development that could reach all of these teachers and make sure that it was on a consistent and continuous basis. So that was my goal as a district leader to make sure that I covered all of that. And that's when Marguerite had come to me. So as a teacher, center leader, Marguerite can speak about what the purpose was from her end. So um, there's this quote that I found from um, Roland Barth, and I think it really epitomizes some of um, what we're trying to ameliorate here in Malvern. And it says, relationships among educators within a school range from vigorously healthy to dangerously competitive, and if we strengthen the relationships, we improve practice. A big part of the teaching channel teams is strengthening the relationship among colleagues so that colleagues are comfortable with each other peeking virtually into each other's classroom to see what is most effective. We all teach the same children, we have the same population, Melbourne, and we can't say, oh, that won't work in our school. Um, we can apply strategies universally when we all see them demonstrated in each other's classrooms. The other thing that I, was very important to me as a teacher center director was that this be grounded in research. So for each one of our sessions, the facilitator had to provide the research that proved that this was an effective strategy, then model the effective strategy and then film themselves with children in this effective strategy. Can you talk a little bit about how you helped the teachers identify the strategy that they were going to they were going to try out? How did you help them? Did you help them narrow that focus? Was that something that they just took on themselves based on prior feedback they'd received? Okay, we, um, we were very, very, very deliberate about how we structured our teaching channel teams. And I think that that has, uh, can, most of the success of our year can be attributed to that. We understood early on that we had to have teachers who had institutional credibility as champions for this. And we, Rose gathered um, four or five of these master teachers together in her room and in this very office that we're in right now, and we discussed the areas that we thought were most important in the three through five grades that we were targeting. We picked subjects that were broad enough that every single person could get something out of at least one or two of these sessions. And that was mostly how we decided where we were going with this. Am I right, Rose? Yeah. See, what happened was um, we 
knew that a lot of our new teachers were going to be in our Davison Avenue school, which is a three through five school, as Marguerite said. And I know that I have National Board certified teachers in that building. And these teachers are master teachers. And it was, I'm a true believer that you learn more from your colleagues than you do when you have an outsider come in and present. So in my building, I have National Board certified teachers, and I have new teachers that are coming in new to the school district. I also had moved teachers who were presently working in another school to Davison Avenue. Besides that, we implemented a new math program that they had to um, understand. And of course, when these they come into our school district as new teachers, they're unfamiliar with reading programs. So with all of that in mind, um, we came to the conclusion that Davison Avenue would be the best place in which to start. And with that, we looked at the group of teachers and Marguerite came up with a list of like five different areas in which they were going to concentrate on based upon the group of teachers that we were going to put into the teacher and center teams. That's great. That's really helpful to know that you really went through this thoughtful process of putting together what seemed to have, would get buy-in from the teachers, but also that would ultimately have the most impact on their teaching and in kids. So thank you so much for sharing that. Is there anything else that would be helpful to know about your planning and purpose in using Teams and Video for Professional Learning that could be helpful for someone wanting to replicate what you've done at Malvern? One of the most important things, and I can't stress this enough, is that you, you bring in champions for this process early on. Um, you make sure that these are people who trust each other and who trust the district administration that they're doing this for the, all the right reasons. Um, and that this the success of this is built on the trust that we have with each other um, across central administration and um, in, into our classrooms. We were very careful to pick teachers who had, as I said before, institutional authority, whether they be nationally board certified, whether they be veteran teachers who were masters in a certain area, or um, someone who's had outstanding results, quite frankly, with her students. That lends itself to uh, credibility in my eyes. But we also pick people, um, the bottom line, who we know are worker bees. You know, we call them GSDers, the people who get stuff done. We knew that they would resent um, in their one hour of in-person meetings with a really tight class where people wouldn't be distracted or off task, they'd be engaged for that one hour. And we knew that those people would also do the follow-up, which was very important, the personal follow-up with the members of their circle, asking if they've checked in on the circle lately, do they need any help uploading videos. So that role of the facilitator was very, very, very important. And it was we were very careful and deliberate about whom we chose. I'd have to say from a district level, if a person was starting this particular uh, program up, 
you know, Marguerite and I had gone and visited Oceanside and visit other school districts that were actually using the teacher teams. And to actually see it in progress and actually see what was happening was really the selling point to me as a district office person. And when I saw it, you know, Marguerite knew that I believe in that we learn from our colleagues and that we can, I, I like to learn. I like my teachers to learn from their colleagues because when they see their colleague doing it, they cannot use the excuse of, oh, that won't work with our students because as she said before, we're all on, the, we all have the same type of students, okay? So they're all Malvern students and we know it works with Malvern students and look what we can get our students to achieve. So with that in mind, she took me to Oceanside and we got to see what it looked like there. And when I got to see it in action, and I got to hear the teachers talk, and the passion behind it, and how much they learned from it, my first reaction was, I must have this in Malvern. So if somebody is thinking about starting this in, in their own school district, I really think that they need to talk to um, another school district, see what it's all about, see the passion behind it, and see how the teachers have grown from being involved with this. Now that we have gone through it for a year, I can say honestly that the group of teachers that was involved in this have gone really have grown tremendously because they have really shared their ideas. As a matter of fact, one of the teachers that was involved in the program she actually is, was involved in our mentor program, new teacher to the school district, and she said, I felt that I had a whole school mentoring me, not just one person, because there was I could go to anyone and I know that they would help me. And that is a very strong statement coming from new teachers, and that's what it's all about, because we're here to help teachers succeed. So that's that's I think the key ingredient you have to they really need to see how well it works that's great yeah thank you so much for sharing those key things that folks can do to really set this up and set it up successfully and seeing models certainly is um, one reason why we invited you today to share about the work that you're doing so other folks can hear about all the steps that you took to set up um, the process and, and the learning experience at your at your school so at this point in the process, we're going to go and talk about specifically your logistical process and how you got this set up. Um, if there's any kind of recommendations that you have for others or things to think about in advance, um, you know, you, you might have learned some things through implementation that you might change. Um, so the first question is, is what was your process for getting started? And it sounds like you you had the chance to bring the teachers together and identify these um these techniques and these strategies that folk not only would uh, have create buy-in, but then have impact on student learning. But what was the process for getting them started on teams and bringing them together to say, hey, we're doing another thing? How did you sell that? How did you present that? So I, we started early. We started having these conversations a year ago, and we made sure that the five facilitators, the champions, were part of planning how this was going to go so they had tremendous buy-in and then um, Rose identified teachers that she wanted definitely invited into teaching channel teams 
new teachers, teachers who uh, needed to um, enhance their practice, uh, and we made sure that anyone who taught, and we, we piloted specifically for third grade teachers, but then we added teachers who um, taught only math or only special ed, or so, so we branched out a little bit there. In the very first meetings, those champions, uh, before the very first meetings, excuse me, those champions, those five people, they reached out to the people um, in those, uh, to all their colleagues, to their friends, and made them understand that this was going to be a very safe place. Rose reiterated that to these teachers. I am never looking at these teaching channel teams. I can't. It's not. A, it's there's no way I can see what goes on there. This is your private space, and that reassured them tremendously. And you know, kudos to you, Catherine, too, because every time, especially in the beginning, we had the slightest glitch. I have to say, and this is, you know, I'm not getting paid to say this, the teaching channel teams technical support was outstanding. I would um, make a phone call and some, you would call me back immediately. Uh, I, I would be in the middle of a, te a meeting, a team meeting, and you'd jump on with me and, and help facilitate it. I also thought that having in our package, we, we got the um, support, and that was tremendous. The first meeting that you helped facilitate showing people uh, how to upload videos and, and going through the protocols really made people much more comfortable. That, plus we had, as I said, those champions who would sit right next to elbow to elbow with somebody and show them how to log in, how to sign in, how to upload videos. That, so there was the support from you and there was the on the ground support from the five facilitators. And I can say that um, when Marguerite had come to me, we talked about the fact of how important those um, champions were to the success of the program. And then when she did find people that were willing to be champions, willing to be the uh, lead teachers in this matter, they sat in my little office here and we talked about, okay, this is the group of teachers that I really want you to reach out. Let's talk about what would be the areas that we feel that we can provide them with uh, professional development. And uh, that's when they came up with the five areas in which they wanted to cover. They tried to limit it, but I have to say that if the teacher needed assistance in something else, they were there for that person. And that was, uh, there was so much respect and trust that I really feel that that's what actually sold this to every party that was involved with it. It really did. There was so much respect. When they would come as a group to talk to me, some of the teachers I met at a different, in a different meeting, and they would say to me, Rose, let me tell you something, the teaching channels are the best thing that happened. I can talk, I can go, I can jump into bed and watch my little video while I'm nice and cuddly in bed and I would be able to have this conversation and I would be able to make content. They loved it. They really loved it. So. It's really helpful to hear just how powerful it was to have those partnerships and that ongoing support. 
And it's good to help get that feedback, too, in terms of the technical piece, because it does seem that in a school environment, when you have a challenge, you sort of need that challenge resolved in an immediate way. Otherwise, uh, you can lose momentum. Um, so that's how Absolutely. So another thing I'm wondering in terms of just the process piece is how did you, what types of requirements did you put in place that participants would know what kinds of expectations and things that they needed to complete? Yeah. Um, did you have some kind of scope and sequence that they were using? So let me just be real clear here. We broke the um, collegial circle is what we called it. Uh, into five different areas of focus and one was differentiation of learning which was really a, we had a master special ed teacher nationally board certified who led that one um, then we had ELA protocols which I led which was really substantially about the brain-based research that supports children moving in very efficient ways in the learning process. So we getting them up and out of their seats. Uh, we had someone who is a master math teacher teach this new math program that we've been using for a year or two, Go Math. Um, a nationally board certified teacher led the foundations, which is a, a program in reading. And then we had uh, an ENL teacher or ELL, I'm not sure which acronym we're or using, ESL. or ESL <laughs> this week, but um, uh, she came from the high school and, and taught. So in the, we had one hour of face-to-face -face meetings and in that hour the facilitator was prepared with the research, hard copies of the research to prove why this was an effective way to teach children. And then they modeled one aspect of this with the participants, the adults in the room. And then they left time for question and answer. Very often it went over an hour and people would stay. It was incumbent upon them then to view the video that the facilitator had uploaded to teaching channel teams to comment on that video and give feedback and then to practice this with their students, creating a two to three minute video, uploading it with Catherine's help, and reflecting on each other's videos. And that led to a very dynamic, very fruitful conversation on the site. And about how often did you have those face-to-face -face meetings? In full, was it several face-to-face -face and then implementation like what were those cycles okay. you know, so um, I'm going to say that in October the differentiation team met and then three weeks later uh, for one hour and the videos were uploaded and people were engaged in that video uh, in that focus area and then about three weeks later a second um, facilitator would meet say it was me with ENL strategies and so people were now responding to the ELA, excuse me, strategies and using incorporating movement into the classroom, but they would also in continue that engagement, which was so incredible to me, on the differentiation of instruction, on the special ed strategies. So about every three weeks we would meet in person with a different focus area, but what blew me away was the 
sustained response to each one of these sessions even if they had taken place two or three months earlier people were still really engaged you know what you see on teaching teams is the archived comments but what really touched me um, as a career educator were the comments in the hall were the comments uh, at the copy machine were the comments when people were signing in where they were talking about what this collaboration has meant to them that's great and in terms of um, so it sounds like the buy-in was pretty quick um, you had a nice structure so expectations were clear and even though the set expectations were met, they continued to exceed those just based on um, the excitement around learning that they were having. Were, was there any form of official credit or micro-credential, some kind of uh, district-level recognition that you wove into this to incentivize in a, in, a, in a different way or anything of that matter? Now, some of our, um, the lead teachers received a, a small stipend uh, some of the teachers received uh, credit for salary advancement, depending upon. There were so many hours put in. The stipend and the credit that they received was so minimal in relationship to the number of hours that they actually put in. It was kind of like a, um, all right, we'll give you this to get involved. But once they got involved, it just kind of took off. And they were... They were okay with, you know, the small amount of credit or the small stipend that they were given because they really, really saw the benefits of it. So That's really helpful. So they were able to experience a professional learning experience that was rewarding and the incentives, while helpful, or maybe to initially um, create some buy-in <clears throat> or uh, commitment that wasn't necessary to continue to work. Um, in before we get into community, one other thing I'm curious to hear you talk about is where are you going next? Like, how will this evolve or expand? Uh, what are your hopes for continuing this this type of learning, this process that you've you've established? Um, well, we recently have had a meeting with two of our principals, a principal of our middle school and the principal of our high school. And the principals are like very eager to do this. But um, Marguerite and I sat and we really thought about this and we believe that we have to start in um, small in order to expand it to another building. Davison Avenue, the building that she was in, they, they're ready now to expand to other teachers in the building. Let's go beyond the third grade. Let's bring the fourth grade in. So that building is expanding all by itself because they hear the talk that's going on in the building. So our theory is that now to move it to another building, we have to get master teachers, champions from, let's say, the middle school. Have them get involved with Davison because they need to see the the rewards from this particular program once these um, champions are trained and see what's involved with it and see how well it works they now can start the process over in our middle school to get it working over there you know as Marguerite said before the 
champions are a key component to this and they really have to sell it and they really have to stay on top of things so it we have to take people from one building and get them involved with the Davison Avenue um, crew so that they can see exactly how it works they can see how well the teachers are doing they can see how easy it is for them to get professional development you know on a district level I don't have to go find a sub because they're getting professional development anytime they want it by just going onto their iPads and uh, viewing the videos so there was a lot of pluses but I think it's a slow process to take it out of a building and move to another building you have to get people on board and get those uh, champions really ready to uh, continue the work. And in terms of the principal involvement, because, you know, we often find that if leadership isn't aware or bought into the type of professional learning that teachers are doing, it, you know, it might not be upheld. What, what's been your interaction with the principals on this effort? It sounds like you're, you're meeting with the principals now of these two other schools, but what are, what are some recommendations you would have to create that involvement, that buy-in, um, that belief that this, this is something that teachers can take on and, and it can have success and, and great impact on learning? To be honest with you, our middle school principal and our uh, high school principal, they're gung-ho on it. They, they're willing to run with it. Uh, we're just, we have a lot of concerns because we know the, it, it has to be something where the teachers really buy into it. And um, one thing that I've learned, and another reason why I think this is a complete success, is because the teachers really wanted this to happen. They really wanted to have this kind of professional development. Sometimes if you have it from the top down where people are telling you, you will do this, it doesn't necessarily work. So it has to be kind of a combination. Uh, I think one of the reasons why it works so well at Davison is she had me in my administrative role working with her at that end, making sure that they had everything that they needed to make this successful. And she had the teachers and the mentor, uh, the, the champion teachers working with these teachers. And I, that was the key component, you know. Now we have to spread it out. So I have the administration at the middle school ready to go. They're willing to make it work, but I need those champions to be developed. And then once we have that, where you have teachers that really want it and an administration that wants it, then you can make a takeoff. It's really helpful, just that emphasis of having that continual moment, that continuous momentum with those champions in the school every day with faces that you're familiar with. So I know we only have a few minutes left, and the last part, just wanted to hear from you about um, how you created this community. And I know you've spoken a bit about the trust component, but um, even just some recommendations and examples, like the types of norms that you might have established. Um, how did you, you know, grow the, the, the trust from the, from the beginning? Um, what motivated them to share their videos among their colleagues? Um, sometimes we find that that can be a difficult uh, hurdle to get over. Just if you could talk a little bit about that, how you cultivated the community and kept that going. 
I think one of the most important things you can do is acknowledge people's reticence. And, um, you know, when, when people think that they've been heard when they first speak, they're willing to then listen. So I have to be honest with you, um, for the past 10 years, I've, through the district, been uh, afforded lots of opportunities, and one was uh, to go to Harvard for three or four days and learn all about teaming. And uh, I, I understand the organizational psychology behind it. I understand also a little bit about professional learning and what's really important um, to teachers. So for professional learning to be valuable, really valuable, uh, there's lots of components that, that have to be there and it can't be this, you know, spray and pray thing that we're used to on a Wednesday afternoon after everybody's exhausted and, and now you're going to sit to listen to some outside expert as Rose said, you know, that, that just never ever flies. Once I was at a meeting with the Secretary of Education and, and he passed me a note and said 3.2 billion. I said, what, what is this about? And he said, well, that's how much the feds are spending at that time on professional learning. What do we have to show for it? Well, I'll tell you, uh, with the investment that the Malvern School District has put forth in the past year and the Teacher Center has put forth in the past year for teaching channel teams. I've got a lot to show for that and it certainly wasn't to the tune of 3.2 million dollars. What we, billion, excuse me, what we know is that teachers want professional learning that covers all the basic tenets uh, of what makes good professional learning. So you have to start with the research. You have to start with why this is important and, and, and how you know it works. You have to examine student work and that's what we did in videos. You have to have in peer coaching or instructional coaching. We had that through teaching channel teams. We had learned focus conversations. There was a lot of informal mentoring that went on within each one of these collegial circles uh, where uh, one third grade teacher might go in and actually help her friend film her two or three minute video. So she would see the video then later when she entered the site herself, but that they formed a bond with within themselves, between themselves doing that. This led into, you know, informal study groups where people would take that one hour in person meeting and, and run with it and come to me later, for example, someone came to me later and said, you know, I found some other research about brain-based movement. Have you ever heard of this guy? We fed the fire that teachers have and I don't know one teacher who doesn't want to get better at that craft. We're, we're not folding socks in Bloomingdale's here. We have the most important job in the world and every minute that we spend with these children Every second is so incredibly precious. My kids are never going to get fifth grade back again. It's incumbent on me to be the best teacher I can be, and I'm not there. Everybody's got to learn. So this, people saw that in each one of the champions, this thirst to get better at their craft, and so they were very comfortable becoming better at their craft. Does that make sense? That makes great sense, and it's it's really a great way to just encapsulate how you might build this in your own building, thinking about the champions, thinking about kind of the even just the the affect and the the disposition that they bring to the work that really welcomes folks to take risks to examine their practice where 
perhaps in the past they might have thought it um, was better than what they they find nowadays. And each year is different, right? Some of the years we might be good with something, and uh, dynamics change so often in the classroom that that can quickly alter itself. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this format for the podcast. You can follow Marguerite Izzo on Twitter at Marguerite Izzo, one word, and Rose Ricca through the Malvern District. And you can follow Catherine at WG Catherine and myself at Snyder underscore Erica. Thanks to Paul Teske's Mad Garage Band Skills for providing our music and the teaching channel staff for all your work getting a new kind of PD up and running. As we close out 2016, we'd also like to thank our listeners. We appreciate your time and feedback on our podcast. Remember, if you like what you hear, head on over to iTunes to subscribe to the feed and give us a rating. It'd be great if you tell the teacher friends about us too. We'll see you back here in two weeks when we'll be discussing the ever-present perception of a teacher shortage with Dr. Stephanie Wood-Garnett, Vice President for Policy to Practice for the Alliance for Excellent Education. 